kind of very Transylvanian, yeah, blah, blah, I'm bugging the groove, I'm bugging the groove, y'all. This is Back from the Brink, I'm Todd Brinker, and it is Tuesday, the 5th of January. Yeah, we have made it through 2020, we are now into 21, and it's pretty much the same. So we'll see how things go, we'll see. Aaron's going to be joining us shortly so that we can have conversations uh you know it's uh, one of those days i was having some weirdness with skype today it seemed like there was just a little bit of late the timing was off a little bit and so we we were kind of babbling a bit and i talked over aaron more than i should have so i need to make sure i say sorry and try to let her finish her thoughts because um yeah you know it doesn't make for good radio and i'm sure it's frustrating for her when every time she talks i start talking and just barrier, because I'm a loudmouth. Hey, um, you know, we talked a little bit about what's going on in the world of sports ball. The Lakers are playing tonight at 7.30 Pacific time. Um, and uh, they're playing against the Memphis Grizzlies. Right now, Lakers are, you know, there's been, what, six games or seven games. And they are sitting, they're tied uh, in a three-way tie with Phoenix and the Los Angeles Clippers at the top of the um, uh, Pacific Division. So we'll see how it goes. I think they're actually top of the NBA as well. So uh, anyhow, we'll see how that all plays out. And uh, the football playoff picture has come into into focus after a um, an interesting uh, final game. The uh, Philadelphia 76ers coach is under some scrutiny for apparently not trying very hard in the game. He uh, pulled his excuse me pulled his quarterback in the game and uh, in the third quarter. And a lot of people were fairly upset with that, particularly the New York Giants and their fans, because they were in a position to go to the playoffs if the Philadelphia Eagles had won. And it's frustrating when you see a team that's down by one score just kind of quit trying. Um, although the Philadelphia coach has said that's not what happened. He was actually trying to give them the best chance he thought they had. Uh, it's interesting that I've heard some most pundits are, are complaining about the fact that, that the coach pulled the quarterback. But uh, I've seen one pundit, at least uh, on ESPN, um, and I'm sorry I forget his name, so I can't credit him. But I thought, you know, it's an interesting point of view. The Giants should just shut up. They had 16 opportunities to get to the playoffs and they played awful and lost enough games that they had to rely on somebody else. And if they cared that much, they should have played a little better and won a few more games. And uh, so if anybody threw anything, it's the New York Giants' fault. And I think he's absolutely right in the res- in that respect, in that they found themselves in a situation because they didn't win enough games. Had they won enough games, then they would have been able to be the divisional champions for the NFC East. And the the four teams in the NFC East were all playing horribly most of the year. And so, um, you know, to get upset about somebody else not playing well enough is a little ironic. And, and, a, and a little um, uh, a little too spot on because they're horrible. So here's what's happening in the AFC. The Chiefs are the winners uh, of the division, and they will get a first-round bye. So next week they will not be playing. 
Uh, the Bills were in second, then the Steelers, the Tennessee Titans, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, the Indianapolis Colts. And so uh, the Colts are the seventh seed. They will play the second seed um, uh, Bills. The Steelers are the third seed. They will play the fifth-seeded Baltimore. No, I got that wrong. Oh, the, the sixth-seeded Browns will play. Okay, so the Colts are the seventh seed. They will play the Bills. The Steelers are the third seed. They will play the six-seeded Browns. And the Titans will play the Ravens. And so those will be the games on the AFC. And then on the NFC, the Packers clinch the top spot. They will have next week off as a bye. The second-seeded uh, second New Orleans Saints will play the seventh-seeded Chicago Bears. The third-seeded Seattle Seahawks will play the uh, sixth-seeded Los Angeles Rams. And then the fourth-seeded Washington, the aforementioned Washington football team, will play the fifth-seeded uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, ironically, in the, in the NFC, because the NS NFC East had so many teams that played so badly, the Washington football team has a losing record. They are 7-9, and nine, and they are going to play against the Buccaneers, who were 11-5. and five. So the Buccaneers almost got a weekend off. We'll see. We'll see. If they take it too lightly, they may find themselves surprised. But, uh, yeah, they're playing against probably the worst team in the playoffs. Um, the way it works is each of the teams in the four divisions of each uh, conference the winners of the divisions get a playoff spot. And then there were three, uh, usually there's two, but this year there there's three wildcard teams, and they were the, the teams, regardless of division, that had the best records. And so the Buccaneers, the Rams, and the Bears on the NFC side, and the Ravens, Browns, and Colts on the AFC side had the remaining best records of non-division, or, yeah, of non-conference uh, winners. And the conference winners... Uh, or division winners, I guess is what they call them. Yeah, okay, they're divisions. There's four divisions in each conference. The, the a AFC is the American Football Conference, and the National Football Conference is the NFC. So let's get the words right. So anyway, for those of you who uh, aren't sports ball fans, gives you an idea of what's going on so that you can, uh, you know, have some water cooler talk on your next Zoom meeting with people and, and know at least what's going on, that there are playoffs, that there was a controversy and uh, and playoffs start this weekend. So there will be three games on Saturday and three games on Sunday. Sunday. So if you're not a football fan, uh, good news, the season's almost over. If you are a football fan, good news, the playoffs have started. It's good news all the way around. Wah, wah, wah. So um, one of the things that uh, I have seen recently, we pulled a story up, and I think this is interesting. It's a story that's titled... Women over 50 should avoid these foods and eat these instead. Now, I always question when I see stories like that, because first of all, um, you know, it's why just women over 50? You know, maybe they're trying to say this is better for women over 50, but then they do things like, you know, bacon and eggs, packaged processed frozen meals, packaged processed protein bars, Veggie chips and bagged popcorn. Smoothies that have lots of sugar in them. And they say what you should eat 
And now this is where it gets me because they're not like replacements for smoothies or replacements for protein bars or replacements for bacon and eggs. What you should eat? Wild salmon. Blueberries. Plain Greek yogurt. Almond butter. Sounds like they're saying, go eat food from sprouts. Leafy greens. Olive oil. Okay, tomatoes. Mushrooms. Cilantro. Avocado. Broccoli. Bell peppers. And I'm looking at this thing going, first of all, I know that my wife would eat maybe three of those 11 or 12 things. She just doesn't eat that stuff. It's like, nope, I don't like it. I don't like salmon. I don't like bell peppers. She doesn't like bell peppers in her house, much less in her meals. Um, I sneak them into some of the sauces but when I make them. But I blenderize them so that they're, you know, they're in there, they're fresh, and they're in there, but you don't see them. They don't have the, the texture is part of the issue for her, the texture and the smell. And so, you know, if you get it and blenderize it and put it in, then it blends with the other stuff. So if you're making like a tomato sauce, some peppers in, it's a good thing. But, uh, you know, it's, um, she won't cook with it. Um, you know, she's not going to eat blueberries. She doesn't like blueberries. She's not real fond of, of plain yogurt. I've never seen her eat it. Never seen her, you know, we've got some almond butter. She uses it in recipes. She doesn't eat it. Uh, leafy greens. For her, a salad is iceberg lettuce. She's, she's expanded. She likes a few other things now. But, you know, eating, eating a baby spinach lettuce is something that's just not going to happen. We use a lot of olive oil. Um, she's not going to slice up tomatoes and eat them. She doesn't like them. And frankly, I don't like them most of the time because they're mealy and awful. A good fresh tomato is a wonderful thing. Mushrooms. I'll eat mushrooms. She doesn't like mushrooms. She won't, won't eat them. Doesn't want to cook with them. Doesn't want to see them on her food. Cilantro. She doesn't like cilantro. Loves an avocado. We both like avocados. We get that. Broccoli. We cook some broccoli. She gets tired of it. Here's Aaron. Anyway, I'm going through this saying, what, this is ridiculous. Anybody would like this stuff. And anybody would benefit from eating better. Hello. Hello, hello. It's really weird. I don't hear it ringing. I just see the little thing pop up. I don't understand why I don't hear you ring anymore. Nothing changed, and yet something changed. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going through this story about, you know, um, what women over 50 shouldn't eat and what they should eat. And I always kind of, these kind of stories bother me because, first of all, the stuff they're talking about would benefit anybody. I mean, it's like, don't eat fried foods. Eat, you know, fresh salmon. Eat eat more green leafy vegetables. Eat, And I'm like, yeah, well, okay. Everybody should do that. If it was that easy, we'd all be healthy. I like bacon and eggs. <laughs> you know? Sometimes they don't have much time. I zap a, a frozen meal. I mean, come on. Bacon and eggs you know. would be perfectly fine if you then went out and worked in the fields all day. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, but we don't do that anymore. I never did. But yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, no, we I know what you mean. People. Yeah, the society. The there people. are a few of us who do, but but I ain't one of them. Um, right. Well, and ne- neither are and most even, of the people listening. And even many who do, they do it sitting on a tractor. It's not like they're pulling a plow right. with an ox. Yeah. They're not trying to, to battle that steam hammer down, right? Exactly. Not many John Henrys out there. Um, yeah, you know, and it's funny. I look at the list of, like, what to eat, and I think about my beloved wife, and she's kind of a particular eater. She ain't eating salmon. <laughs> you know, she doesn't like blueberries. I look at this list of 12 things, you know. There's this, like, 
plain Greek yogurt. Never seen her eat it. Uh, she don't like it. Uh, almond butter. We've got some. She uses it in recipes. She's not going to like spread it on a piece of bread. Green leafy vegetables. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, I just, I don't like almond butter. I mean, people say, oh, you should yeah. have almond. I don't like it. I don't, it just, yeah. I, I'm not a fan. I like I'm raw with you. almonds, but I don't like almond butter. Yeah. I'm not even a particular fan of raw almonds, but I keep some around. I eat them once in a while. The, um, you know, and, and for my wife, I mean, she's really expanded and, and, and gets vegetables like salads with other stuff in it. But for years and years to her, a salad was some, some green iceberg lettuce and she was done, you know, and then put ranch dressing on top. I mean, she just doesn't like green leafy vegetables that much. Um, yeah, we know we should eat more. Um, olive oil. Okay. Yeah. We eat quite a bit of olive oil in our stuff today. Fresh sliced tomatoes. My wife won't eat them, you know, and frankly, I love a good tomato. I love a good fresh tomato, but, but you know how hard it is to find a good fresh tomato. Most of them are mealy or hard. You've got to go to a farmer's market. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who knows when to pick it. Um, what you started to ask if she like eats tomatoes and other things like sauces and stuff. Yeah, Is that where you were going? Like yeah, and she does. Or pizza or whatever. Yeah. She makes an amazing uh uh like Italian pasta sauce with a wine reduction that's delicious. Um next thing on the list is mushrooms. She won't eat a mushroom. Oh, I mm-hmm. love mushrooms. I do too. I like lots of different types, but she she yeah, she won't eat a mushroom. She doesn't like cilantro, that's another thing on the list. It's like nope, don't want it, don't like it, don't like the taste. Avocados. She loves avocados. We eat a lot of avocados. That one's on our list for sure. Um, broccoli. I like broccoli, and so as a result, when she fixes vegetables, she fixes broccoli fairly regularly, um, although she likes green beans and peas more. And I'm, we bounce back and forth because I'm not particularly fond of those, but you know, we, we split. We each get something we like every once in a while. And I know people like you know Tobin. He, he doesn't eat broccoli because it's got too much... Um, uh, was it crystallites in it that, that cause problems with kidney stones and things like that? So no, no, no. He can eat broccoli. It's it's the green leafy vegetables. Like, oh, uh, so it was like the kale. spinach. Yeah. Okay. And it's um, it's oxalate that oxalate. Is in the... There's the. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I knew there was something, and I I, I said crystallate, so I was the the wrong eight. But uh, um, yeah, you know, and and other people have you know health reasons for not eating certain foods and stuff. Um, but, you know, I mean, they're listing all these things you're supposed to eat. I love number 12, bell peppers. My wife won't allow a bell pepper in the house. If I want to put a bell pepper in something, I have to sneak it in and then blenderize it so that it's, you know, there's no texture and and, and hope the smell doesn't make her feel ill because she just does, oh, does not react well to sweet peppers. She's fine with hot peppers. Pepper. I love yeah, peppers I mean, of any kind. And let's look, yeah. I don't like habaneros. They're just too hot. But, like, jalapenos, mm-hmm. serranos. Um, mm-hmm. All of it, like yeah, bell peppers, yeah. red, green, yellow. I don't care, you know. Orange. We cook with a lot of hot peppers, but she's not a fan of bell peppers at all, in any way, shape, or form. The smell makes her That's nauseous. Interesting, yeah. isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. So it's you know, so you know, you you modify the way you cook and eat to make sure that there's food for both of you. It's not like either of us are having a hard time finding delicious food to eat. But sometimes, you know, you look at it and you go like, eh, I don't know, probably not the safest thing. Like they say veggie chips and bagged popcorn. And they specifically say bagged popcorn. And they say many well, of these get 50% to... of their calories from fat. But Yeah, 
that's you know, as opposed to popcorn you make on your stove. Yeah, that's cooked in oil. <laughs> I mean, well, you yeah, know. but but maybe not as much oil. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I make I make popcorn on my stove fairly regularly, and uh-huh. I don't use much oil. Yeah, well, I will say this too, though, that if you get like microwave popcorn. Because of the way they have to package it and ship it, the oil that's in the bag that the popcorn pops in is hydrogenated oil. And so the the kernels are all coated in a hydrogenated oil, which we know is very bad for you. Whereas if you pop it over the stove, you can use a liquid oil that's not been hydrogenated, like an olive oil or an avocado oil or you know even just a vegetable oil. Um, and, and it's not hydrogenated. It doesn't get solid at room temperature. And that's going to be a better oil for you. So, yeah, I get that. Yep. I like it with um, olive oil and or peanut oil. Both are good. The vegetable Ooh, oil yeah. is fine, but it doesn't have the flavors not as good. Olive oil right. with um, with a with a good salt on popcorn, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned peanut oil. There's a chain that that serves. Um, they're like in in malls. Remember what malls were? They used to be these places we'd go to like buy things <laughs> and people would gather together. Um, yeah. There was a chain that would sell French fries with, and you could get them with French, you know, just just fresh potatoes or potatoes with like cheese sauce drizzled over them, um, and they had very various flavors. But the, you know, just the the fresh potatoes cooked with with salt um, on top of them, and they were they would cook them in potato or uh, peanut oil, and Yum. peanut oil has a really good flavor with those potatoes. Yeah. And those, I remember eating those uh, one time and going, "These are the best French fries I've ever had." Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it has so. a higher smoke point, and mm-hmm. so um, it is it is better for if you're cooking things hot. So in Asian cooking, right. they often use peanut oil because if they cook, they stir fry uh, yeah, at very high temperatures. Right. Yeah, the woks get pretty yeah. hot. So, um, but but means because when a, at a at the smoke point, from what I understand, mm-hmm. at the smoke point, um, the oil can trans can be transformed into trans fats, which are right. also not good for you. So if you're cooking yeah. with olive oil, keep it at a lower temperature and, um, mm-hmm. you know, cook it for longer. Yeah, that's why we keep some avocado oil on hand because it has a higher um, temperature uh, tolerance. And so if you're going to cook something, you know, if you're going to fry something up and you're going to use a higher temperature, um, then uh, avocado oil is another option as opposed to the olive oil. But like peanut oil, that's, um, that's a good one. I know soy, they use that one too, um, um, like a soy oil um, is huh. used sometimes. So, Never had that. Um, yeah, it's probably what's in a lot of the vegetables oils, you know, the unidentified corn oil and vegetable oil. Oh, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> corn and I'm soy. Sure you're right. You know, since those are mass produced. But uh yeah. Anyway, um I said soy. I was thinking sesame too though. Um or you know, safflower. Ses- yeah. Those are often or canola. Used, like you said, in in, uh, in wok frying they use like sesame well, oil. Well sesame oil. oil, I love sesame oil mm-hmm. in cooking, but all you need is a drop and it'll flavor yeah. everything. Yeah, very distinct and very strong flavor there. Um, yeah. Anyway, we've been doing a lot of food stuff of of late here today, so that was a good conversation on what to eat and what not to eat. Here's the here's the yeah. thing, people. Here's the thing, listeners. Uh, don't eat crap. Eat good stuff. There you go. Yeah. You know, the closer eat, it is to food. the way it came off of the plant or the seed exactly. or the or the tree, probably the better it is for you. We all know that. Eat, it's like that's an obvious eat, thing. Yes. Eat food that remembers where it came from. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's just a good way to, to phrase it. Um, I'm going to apologize to you, too. There's been a weird thing with Skype today where the timing's been odd, and I have talked over you several times during the radio, and today and now on the podcast I've done a little bit, too. podcast doesn't seem to be quite as bad as it was, you know, because we disconnect and reconnect, and sometimes that solves the problem. But uh, um, sorry if I frustrated I you by talking well, over you a little bit today. I appreciate that. Thank you. And, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. Technology is technology, you know. It's, so can be frustrating sometimes but you know if without the technology we wouldn't be doing this at all so that's I can't right complain. i'd be standing in my front yard with a with a bullhorn saying listen to me facebook <laughs> is bad i'd be that guy where is it in england they've got that you can trafalgar square you can go stand by the fountain right and you're allowed to just like shout things out to the public and, and see who gathers around to listen to you I would be one of those guys. If we travel to London someday, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be the. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to Please you know don't. bring a little step your stool. Wife, and I'm going to stand up on it. Your wife yeah. would die a thousand deaths if you did that. Yeah. <laughs> Except that she would go like, yeah, guy. yeah. Oh yeah, she'd hide. She'd say, I'm. I'm just. I'll. I'll. I'll be back at the hotel. But uh, she'd also go, yeah. I get it. That's who you are. So, you know. so are you gonna when you get into be to like your seventies and eighties? Are you gonna be the guy who puts the handmade fence uh, uh, signs in your front yard that are hand painted? You know, with all of your grievances <laughs> against the government. <laughs> if I am, you, you won't know guy? that they were handmade because I, I I have artistic talent and I have a I have oh, standards. Right. I have that's standards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you an a-hole for ignoring group texts? Oh. Is that a bad thing to do? I suppose it's guess it, what depends on the topic and, and, what, and you know, how uh-huh. inane the responses are. Yeah. Sometimes I ignore them and sometimes I don't. I don't have too many groups that I text with. I have a family group text, and I pay fairly close attention to that, just my nuclear family. But I'm also part of a larger family group text that includes... Um, my siblings and my parents, and I don't think there's spouses on that, but it's siblings and parents. And that one sometimes can, like, prattle off into some weird, like, two people, like, chatting back and forth weirdly, you know, but they're on the group text. And so I have a tendency to that one to kind of ignore it at times and then go catch up and, you know, kind of see what people were talking about every so often. Um, But, uh yeah, and and then I'm on a group text with my dad and my brother, and we've talked about that one because usually that's one for whatever reason. Um, I think my dad has started doing it because I don't do Facebook, and he posts stuff on Facebook. And so on occasion, he will post stuff there so that I get to see what he thinks is interesting or what's going on. And so, um, uh, and, and Tobin being both on Facebook and on that text group, message with the three of us um he he has said that yeah some a lot of that stuff that he's posted online so he's probably doing it for my benefit i'm not sure why he's doing it with tobin then because tobin sees it on facebook but uh, so uh he generally I think doesn't he just respond. wants the conversation yeah yeah he doesn't respond too much but i i tend to engage on occasion but um as is the case with text very often the conversation kind of boils down to i don't understand what you're trying to say <laughs> you know and and so then then he or i try to then explain well this is what i meant by all of that and you're like oh all right no you're wrong 
<laughs> you know, they move on. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny. But uh, we do, you know, I, I do talk to my dad weekly on our Generation Tech podcast. And so, although that's usually around tech, so it doesn't, you know, the, the texts that he sends out are usually things that he finds on politics or religion, since those are not very volatile, you know. <laughs> but, you know, the, the the family has always talked about, you know, taboo subjects without without any trepidation you know talk yeah. about religion and politics at the dinner table yeah no that's that's our family We're, we will take on any subject and sometimes it means somebody you know ends up pounding their fist on the table and taking a break but um walking away for a few minutes but generally speaking we you know we we are good humored about those conversations um, and it's always very interesting because my parents although they agree on a lot of things very very much disagree on a lot of things so it's interesting to have the conversation going on because my dad will be talking about something and my mom is just sitting there and at some point she'll just like pitch in and go you know jack you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) or stop it can't you tell he doesn't want to talk anymore (laughs) usually that's what it is she's coming to the defense of one of her children who have said i'm done i'm not we've talked through this i don't want to go here anymore and and uh you know he or somebody else doesn't want to let go of the conversation and everybody else is like we're done we're done. Not that. <laughs> uh, yeah, families aren't we? Aren't families wonderful things? They are. I mean, they I love. I, I love my family. I love those conversations, but uh, they can be a source of anxiety for some. Indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so, I wonder, but yeah, I, I wonder. You know, the the last election cycle, I know, was tough on some families as. Uh-huh people's tolerances for opposing points of view uh, were just diminished by all of it, by the yeah. the whole spectacle of what was the 2020 election cycle. And I yeah. hope well, families can heal after that. Yeah. Like a lot of families, we had people in our family that, that held differing opinions on the major candidates and a lot of the major topics. And, uh, and we've, you know, I think that for the most part, everybody kind of was okay with that you know it's like we talk about it and some and i'm not sure that anybody who had one opinion convinced somebody of, of a differing opinion that that was that their opinion was better you know and so yep. but i think everybody accepted the fact that you know so and so believes this and so and so believes that and and, and that's okay uh, and that's all right you know we can talk about it we can we can you know what's the you know there's, there's that middle ground between conversation and argument we can argue Conver, conver, or argumation or whatever we have, um, you know, but, but nobody goes, you know, n- nobody got too terribly upset that I could tell. I mean, they might've, you know, gone home and kicked the door or something, but, uh, out of my line of sight. Are, are, I mean, you know, the thing about it is, um, we're a family that, that regularly talks about these things and debates these things. Um, yeah. but if you're not, and all of a sudden, you are thrust into a situation where it's all around you all the time. And right. all you know is that, that you feel a certain way and pretty intensely feel a certain way. Um, your tolerance for a differing opinion um, may not be, mm-hmm. you haven't exercised that muscle. Right. Do you you don't I have mean? a means of defending your position because you feel that way, but you haven't had a lot of experience in explaining right. why you feel that way and being able to justify it. And so, um, yeah, in, in, in our family, at least for the most part, most of the people, 
most of the folks, uh, at least the adults, have kind of reasoned through that, and they're used to being able to sort of defend their position. And when I say defend that, I don't mean like they're being attacked, but I mean just sort of in a uh, in a conversational debate format, you know, where we're saying, well, why do you believe that? And what, you know, because we genuinely are curious, you know. I mean, I I care about why uh, family members ha- have differing opinions and and have asked, you know, is, I'm open to changing my mind, but convince me why, why do you believe this or that or something, you know, the other, um, and, um, uh, you know, so I want to hear, and if they can't too. articulate it, then it's, it's frustrating for them, but it's frustrating for me too. It's like, I, I really am genuinely would like to know why you believe that way. Um, and it's, and it's really surprising how many, to- how many people really have no idea why they believe one thing or the other. Right. They just know that they, f- they feel that their position is the correct one. Right. Um, and I'm not, I, I'm not putting them down in any way. That's just, that's just the reality of where they are. Yeah. You know? Honestly, I think that's probably the majority of people is they get a feeling about something. And in yes. fact, you know, I mean, a lot of studies have shown that, that for the vast majority of people and, and you and I included in this, I mean, the world is, this is the way humans work. We tend to, pick a side based on a gut feeling and then we from there build up evidence to support why we picked that side but we picked it basically just on a this is the way i kind of feel when sometimes sometimes when you're going about gathering the information you then say oh wait a minute maybe i was wrong i should go this way but for the most part you start from a point a, a point of this seems to align with the way i believe i believe i i you know i'll support this you know, and then you may or more, you know, some people don't go beyond that. Some people, uh, but, but our family tends to go beyond that and sort of go, why did I go that way? What was the driving force? Yes. You know, and or, that's fine it, if you don't. Yeah. Am I wrong? I actually ask myself fairly regularly, yeah. am I wrong yeah. about this? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then begin to investigate mm-hmm. whether that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, if you just go to the basic, question of the of the election you know was it trump or biden i think you know it was uh for me anyway there were a lot of people within our family that it boiled down to two fairly simple things one was um you know trump's behavior is an embarrassment and we can't continue to support that and the for and for the other side it was not so much um uh that they hated biden but they said whether his behavior is an embarrassment or not um, we felt like, you know, things were going really good before COVID hit. And so economically he was benefiting me. And if, if my life was going good and my job was going good because, you know, while he was in president, then I want to keep that rolling. I, I would like that to go well. well and so, and, you know, and I totally respect both of those perspectives, you know, it, in addition to that though, and I agree with you in addition to that, they feel, and this is the, what was the case for me felt that the far left is harmful, is dangerous. And, um, you know, I, not that Biden is far left, but his party is certainly moving in that direction. And, um, that, and Kamala seems to be, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, very much to the left of Biden. So for me, that was, that was the deal breaker. That was the issue. Yeah. She strikes me as somebody who's very much like Clinton. She, you know, licks her finger, sticks it in the wind and says, okay, which way is things going? And says, okay, that's what I believe. Um, I, you know, I don't, she, she doesn't strike me as somebody. And I say Clinton, I meant Bill Clinton. Um, I, know I guess you, you have to, you have to be clear these days as to which Clinton you're talking about. Um, 
But, um, you know, I always perceived him as that kind of politician that sort of said, well, you know, I'll I'll go the way the wind blows. I didn't don't have any I don't hold any strong personal feelings about anything. I will just you know, and, that, and that's not obviously true. But I mean, uh, but that that politically um, he was always very adept at seeing the way the trends, the way that his party was going and and and. And going with that flow, and I think she sees a lot of very loud people within the party um, pushing to be further left, and so that's kind of the way she's going. But if she perceives that that's not going to be to her benefit, then she will, you know, go a different direction. She's certainly going to be a political animal. Um, I don't think she's adept at it as Bill Clinton. He was a chameleon uh, of politics. Well, but, and uh, Bill Clinton had a way of making people feel like they were the most important person in the world. Right. Everybody I know who met him said uh, there was just that he had that quality that he, there was something about him that was so magnetic um, Mm -hmm. and so charismatic and appealing um, that they just couldn't help themselves. They liked him. They, they liked Mm -hmm. him a lot. Um, Yeah. No, one of my daughters is fairly, no, she doesn't. One of my daughters is, is a, a fairly, um, uh, conservative person who who went to a fairly liberal school in California and Bill Clinton was once on campus speaking and she said well you know it's a president so she stopped and listened to him and she said she she literally said listening to him she was like he was talking about stuff and talking about things that were going on in the country and she was going yeah you're right yeah and then as she walks away she goes wait a minute no I don't agree with that yeah, it's just he's that good of a speaker that he just gets yes. you sort of riled up and, and, and nodding your head and going, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then and then you walk away and go, wait a minute. That's not I don't agree with that. <laughs> you know? I thought that was an interesting take on on uh, on uh, Bill Clinton. Yeah. You know, and it gives you an idea of the power one. of a good speech. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the power of charisma. Mm hmm. Yeah. So. No, there's a lot of people that said that um, although he's much more uh, of an analytical type, that um, uh, Barack Obama has a similar type of character trait in that when you're sit- standing there listening to him talk, it's easy to start going, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I feel for those kind of people. Though, that also means that you have to be careful because that you, you could very easily get stuck in a situation where you're just surrounded by a bunch of people who are nodding their heads going, yep, yes, you're, you're right, you know. And and yes, men well, are not what you necessarily always need. Like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you got to assume that anybody who's running for presidency sort of has a um, uh, strong desire to be the center of attention all the time, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it takes I mean, ego to get that far. Yeah, there's, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of ego invested in in wanting to run and you know run and control the the country. So um, okay, so. Um, I just got a text message from a listener. Uh, mm-hmm. They say, I'm confused. Can you ask Todd why Flash programs aren't still working? <laughs> Flash programs aren't working because Flash stinks. And the fine folks at Adobe um, shut it down. They said that, we, you know, they've been warning people for quite a while. And they're now telling people to remove Flash from your computer Flash will no longer work. They've told all of the website people quit using Flash. Flash is now a thing of history. And instead, you should just be using straight HTML. As of version 5 of HTML, which has now been in place for at least a decade, um, you don't need Flash, that you can do direct video streaming through HTML. Um, 
And the knock against Flash was, you know, back when the Internet started, there was no way to put video on it, and Adobe went and created one. They created Flash, and it was wonderful. The problem is is that when they wrote it, they never really thought about whether or not it should be a secure uh, format. And so they have constantly uh, pushed out updates. In fact, anybody who, who's used Flash over the years, I mean, it used to be every time you launched it, 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 you'd wait a minute for the video because you had to go update Flash. Flash was updating all the time. And it became a, a very open uh, vector for people to hack into computers. And uh, famously, when Steve Jobs launched the iPhone, he refused to allow Flash on iOS. And so there's never been a Flash uh, uh, app that ran on iOS because because that was just a no-no. He just said, we're not going to open that, that door in this world. We're stuck with it in the computer world, but we're not going to do it here. Well, now we're not stuck with it in the computer world anymore. Adobe has ceased to produce it. They have ceased to support it. As of uh, this week, they they will no longer deal with it, and uh, they'll it will be officially completely shut down um, by the middle of the month. But, uh, yeah, if you've got Flash anywhere, uninstall it. Most websites should just work fine without it. If they have it updated, they will very shortly. And so if you're working on some leg- legacy program that requires flash uh you got to find something else quick yeah you got to find an alternative um most vendors who had apps or anything that relied on flash um have newer versions out so you may have to update and that may mean that you have to pay some money on for for purchased apps or they may give you free upgrades um but you're gonna have to look at alternatives because flash is no more which is really good i mean think about how many how many viruses came through that uh, yeah, it was tons of them. Really, really bad open vector on any computer that was running Flash, and so um, on the few things. In fact, I haven't used Flash in years, but but uh, I don't know a year or so ago there was something that I was trying to do, and it required Flash, and I went, Ugh. and I and I just made the choice. I said I really want to do this, so I downloaded Flash, did what I needed to do, and then I uninstalled it and got it off my computer again as soon as I was done. It was like I don't want to leave this here just because it's. I'm not going to spend the time to keep updating it, and it's it's nothing but trouble. It's like it's like running Flash on your computer is like opening the front door of your house or just taking the front door off your house and saying, I'm going to live in a house without a door. And uh, and I wasn't willing to do that. So No, no, you, no. Yeah. And nobody should. <laughs> nobody should. Nobody should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's the best way I can describe it, is running Flash on your computer is like taking your front door off your house and just saying, all right, I don't need a a front door. Anybody who wants to come by can just come on in, say hi. So are you interested in in data science, Todd? Uh, Can you define what you mean by data science more specifically? Um, Well, it's, uh, it's business intelligence and, you know, using data to for decision making and that sort of thing? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't refer to that as data science. But yeah, that's actually what my my degree and, you know, I have an MBA and my area of emphasis was information management. And so I dealt with how to use uh, information to make decisions. That was sort of my initial criteria to make better decisions by collecting and managing the data to make decisions. So yes, I absolutely am interested in decision science, if that's how you're So that, that field is now called data science. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, my son-in-law is getting a master's degree in data science at UC Riverside right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's they, it has evolved to have that, that name. And apparently, mm-hmm. 
um, uh, the, the Mashable is a, is um, reporting that you can for like not very much money you can do uh, six courses with 469 lessons uh, bundled into a, an affordably priced bundle to enhance your data analytics skills and drive mm -hmm. prof profitable business um, actions. So you yeah. might be on your way to making more money, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 called various things in different at different schools and in different areas. Uh, in sports, they refer to analytics, and that's exactly what that is. Um, the whole movie um, uh, Billy Ball about the uh, Oakland A's using analytics to to um, create a team that was lacking any stars but they just looked at the the statistics of these guys and said we don't need a guy who can get hit 50 home runs but we need three guys that can some total hit 50 home runs and we still get our 50 home runs for the year and as a team we'll do better and so um, um, you know they created a baseball team that was not the way the experts said a team should do and they did very well though they didn't make it to the, you know they've never won the world series or they hadn't at that time um, but uh yeah, the idea of of using data to justify decisions based on the reality of what you see and things that are non-obvious in complex systems is uh, very intriguing. And there's lots and lots of, of tools that have been developed over the years to assist in doing that. Used to be you did it, you know, it was a guy in a spreadsheet or a guy in in a in a in an access database, you know, running on on Windows trying to figure stuff out. Um, but it is. Uh, um, absolutely fantastic um, area to learn in, and uh, you know, for uh, for a forty dollar boot camp, you can have um, you know you can dig into this and learn uh, an amazing amount of information about about how to um, how to use collected data to make decisions. Quite frankly, as much as I don't like Facebook and I don't like Google, that's essentially what they're doing: is they're collecting all kinds of information about us. And then they use that to make decisions about how to market to us and how to how to sell ads and, and how to, uh, you know, make money using that information. So in the first course, uh, the first course uh, covers Microsoft business, Microsoft Power Business Intelligence and teaches you how to create reports and dashboards. Um, and uh, the second one focuses on learning the programming language Python before diving into machine learning basics. Um, machine learning apparently will help you not only analyze data, but predict outcomes before they happen with the mm -hmm. highest possible accuracy, which is pretty darn cool. Um, and so you'll finish up with a course on data structures and a bonus course on preparing specifically for job applications in data science fields. Um, and th like you said, it's, this is normally 1100 or 1200 bucks, but for a limited time, mm -hmm. you can get it for 3999, um, mm -hmm. which is amazing. And I'm clicking through to find out well, you can get it on, look for it on Mashable. Uh, I'm going to send you to there cause they wrote the story. So, uh, yeah. it's on Mashable. None of these people are advertisers, by the way, we're, we're not, um, uh, you know, paid to make these, these conversations or tell you about this it's something we've discovered that we thought was interesting yeah exactly yeah exactly and i think it's interesting i mean if the, you know the one thing about being locked down 
um, you know, there might be, especially if you're not working, this is a time to beef up your skills. And if you can do that mm -hmm. for not very much money, man, go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the timing is good to to take some online courses and, you know, They've got the 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 uh, master classes that you can sign up for if you're interested in just about any topic. You can, you know, you want to learn directing. Well, they've got you know directing classes that um, I'm. Not, it's not Francis Ford Coppola, but somebody of that era um, is doing it. You know, there's um, there's some courses online. Um, oh, you it's know, Martin Scorsese. About, that's it, Martin Scorsese. Thank you, Martin Scorsese. Uh, um, you know, who better to learn how to construct a movie and direct in a movie than Martin Scorsese to sit down and tell you, here's how we're going to do this. Um, uh, although I understand he, he talked real fast, so you got to listen carefully. Well, um, he's from New York, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a New Yorker. Have you ever watched his movies? They're all in New York. That's <laughs> no, uh, funny. So with that, uh, we are completely out of time, Todd. Yeah, so... Let's both go take a class, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Like I could do it in an afternoon. Exactly. <laughs> I've, got, I've got episodes of Devs to watch, man. I can't do anything valuable with my time. So on that happy thought, um, have a wonderful, wonderful Tuesday, and we will be back tomorrow. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.